in a past life, I was a Rastafarian, a uh, bok choy, a tree, <laughs> and, a, and a fire. So far, those are my past lives. I'm obsessed. Just so you know. If you guys can't tell already, this is going to be a dank episode. <laughs> Welcome to Burning Welcome to the depth of hell. It's going to be a hot one. I'm your host, Hannah Burner, and I am with David Yaris. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Shava, 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 what's up? <laughs> this motherfucker I met on Raya. Do you remember? Of course. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys don't know what Raya is, it's this app based on like some form of clout that or community that you have to be recommended whatever but it's supposed to be like the most it's like the soho house of apps what's your opinion of raya i think in general i think it's a a, a great app I, I love um lots of what they do differently i think their use of like the video profile with music background is a really cool montage like mm -hmm. a creative intentional thoughtful way to like tell your story i usually have dated like dumb athletes in the past so it's exposed me to like smart artsy creative types <laughs> um but i've actually never met up with anyone from raya until this very moment blessings 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 let's go <laughs> d flow is it d flow d flow okay good um so me and d flow matched <laughs> and i was like founder of j swipe what's up and then in my head i was like i want to pick his brain about so many more things and i want people to hear it because I, I, I had a feeling about you. I had an intuition that you mm. were an interesting person. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. You um, think you're an interesting person? Um, well, I definitely feel, you know, particularly uh, me <laughs> in many <laughs> That's ways. That's good. That's good. So, you feel one with the world, the, the world. And I, therefore, theoretically, D-Flow is part of the world. But universal oneness, you know, collective consciousness. We are all one. I am this tree. Uh -huh. This tree is this desk. You are we. And then we are all energy. We're all flowing together. True. So you're the founder of J-Swipe and Millennial. Let's rewind to J-Swipe. Very cool, very popular app within my friend group. I've heard about it. So J-Date was the first kind of Jewish app. Yeah, J-Date's been around for about 20 years. Holy uh, shit. It's an OG. And in fact, they were the second ever dating site to exist. Um, and they were like, you know, pushing the, pushing the limits for a long time. Um, but then as sort of we came up as millennials, mm -hmm. um, they were catering to a, a different audience, more mm -hmm. of our parents, you know, generation. Mm -hmm. um, and things like Tinder came out and just blew open the space and disrupted the way that people connect. Yep. Um, but if finding someone of, you know, shared faith, shared, you know, belief system is important to you, then it wasn't the most efficient, effective, you know, natural way um, to do it. And so I thought there was a, a opportunity to bring that, you know, I just thought that level of future to the millennial Jewish experience. It's one of those ideas that seem like such a natural organic progression from J date to go to J swipe. Were you afraid that other people were going to bring it to market first or did you have competitors in that so, space? Yeah, tr the truth is we we weren't first. We uh, thought we would be. Uh -huh. And then three months before we launched, which was Passover 2014, uh -huh. um, a, an, another Jewish swipe app came out called J Crush. And we were like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Um, but thank God um, in this day and age, everything is about, you know, clean, modern, minimal, sticky, beautiful UX, UI, like interface, just everything needs to be beautiful. We ex mm -hmm. have a 
expectation for like creative excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, and bless, 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 thank God. Like there was an opportunity <laughs> because like it was a little clunky, it was a little buggy, okay. it was a little, uh, and really, you know, um, I love the, I guess, intention or idea. Um, but we were able to quickly grow past them. And then in this, in any type of social network, um, there's this network effect where the more people on a, on a particular app or tool or, you know, website, the, the more value there is to the user. And yeah. as soon within the first like month or two that we, you know, far exceeded the user base, then, then it wasn't really. And you could anymore. instantly see if you're on both apps, what kind of engagement you're getting. So you had the kind of vibe where the second you saw a competitor get ahead of you, it, it was there's fight or flight and you did you ever feel like fuck i missed the boat uh, i want i mean let's explore that because i don't yeah. know about fight or flight i mean in my mind shefa so s-h-e-f-f-a shefa uh-huh. is the hebrew word for abundance uh-huh. so i almost think there's fight flight or abundance mm. and the idea is like i could fight but like that's not my vibe mm-hmm. and i guess i could flight but like this shit's real gotta figure this out and then there's just abundance, possibility and abundance, which is like, it's all good. The world's good, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if I show up fully for myself and for others in the world, like the world will show up for me and Hell meet me yeah. there. And so the truth is when it came out, like I don't even think it was a thought. It was like, oh, hmm, huh, keep going, yalla and abundance. Okay, so you're giving me like everything right now. You're giving me Buddha vibes. You're giving me inspiration. You're giving me creativity. Were you always like this or have you been fucked up to get to this point? Because I feel like someone like you was shit dark for you to figure out how to be so yourself. Hmm. Like, have you always been full of wisdom like this? Well, first of all, it's an ongoing, you know, life journey of it seeking. It is. It is. You know, it wisdom is. and thought. Once you like accept this is the journey. That uh, it is a true. journey. Or, or have the level of awareness that it is or it is an option to you or anyone mm-hmm. you know, to be a journey. Like, what um, were you like uh, at 12? Uh, I, I think pretty similar. I mean, probably maybe not. I, I am a real inter, like hybrid of my mom and my dad. Okay. My mom is like zened out, blissed out, yoga teacher, sense. meditation teacher. Like, re- I get all of my like zen vibes from my mom. Okay. And my dad is like, like hustle, 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 Ooh. hustle. And so I get all my like startup, like entrepreneurship, uh, you know, you know, thought and excitement from my dad. It's funny because my mom is very like get shit done, hustle, logic. And my dad is like like funny, a little lazy, very socially smart. So I tried, they all have their negatives too, but I like that combination, except sometimes I feel like I'm like a lazy hustler. Yeah. Well, frankly, I, I think I'd rather be a lazy hustler than a, than a you know, a, a hustling, you know, you know, lazy person. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. But your parents, now it makes sense. Like you didn't just come out of the womb from two accountants. Like you, there's reason of why you're here and how you're here. I grew up as an only child. I had a, you know, interesting, I feel like, you know, upbringing where instead of, you know, going to the traditional summer camps, I would go down these like outdoor, you know, throw, throw you in the woods and like camp and live for three weeks or sail around this or that for, (laughs) you know, the, you know, experiences, which were I think formative and sort of just independence and you know love of the world. Yeah. Um, Only children are interesting. Yeah. Only children had to like have fun at a party just with their parents and their friends and figure it out. You didn't have that sidekick that you could just like do stupid kid stuff with. For sure. And it made you grow a little or be a little weird. I feel that for me when people say like, "What do you think?" I was like, "Well, it was the only experience I know, and so far, thank God, bless, bless, bless." But I think it definitely made me like independent. It definitely made me be able to either just be comfortable on my own uh, and or have to like 
actualize fun out of thin air. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're you bored, be you just make sure I always say, like, I don't never get bored. I think it's it's a mentality that you can choose to do. Or not. Like, when I have space, you can either be like, this is boring, or be like, ooh, let's embrace this moment. I mean, I think that's the most important level of awareness of the idea of being able to choose choice, you know, how but you also, revive. We, our generation hates being bored. Like we're never bored because if I ever have one of those moments, I have so much accessibility to, do I want to swipe on some dating apps? Do I want to watch my own Insta stories 400 times? Um, I have options. So what were you doing before you started the app? Before I started the app, I was living um, in the Upper West Side. Mm -hmm. I was working at a, a dream job, dream company that I really had just so much love and respect for the mm -hmm. people, the leadership, like the experience, the vibe called Mr. Youth, um, cool. then later MRY, which is like a social digital uh, agency. Mm -hmm. Real fun. In fact, we're in the Spotify offices now, mm -hmm. and um, one of my favorite clients for years was Spotify, and we were doing these like brand ambassador programs on college campuses around the country where we would have one or 2,000 students who like loved music and were into the, you know, the technology would be, you know, identified, activated, trained, empowered, supported, and like set out to like spread digital music connection, you know, and accessibility on mm -hmm. their campuses. So mm -hmm. that was what I was up to before. Yeah. And then for fun, as kind of like my like, uh, uh, what is it, fantasy football, mm -hmm. on Sundays I would help different Jewish organizations with social media. Cool. Because right, it was like a thing that was just core and like very intuitive for me. But yeah. for oftentimes, you know, our parents, grandparents generation or organizations that don't have like sort of the, the breath of young life and freshness, you know, coursing through them. Yeah. Um, it, it was really, really, really impactful. Very cool. Um, and I had sort of like no agenda, no outcome, no, just, just flow, you know, just be present and flow. And through that led to another, led to another, led to cool another. People. And like incredible things happened that were formative for, you know, what's wow. happening in life right it's now. It's funny because you might not see the immediate gratification of like what your effort is putting in, but like energy is happening. People are connecting. And if you're in the right place and you feel like your heart is good there, good things come back around. It's like the whole attachment theory of like you put out good and good comes back. Truth. Um, it's interesting because there's a lot of entrepreneurs Neural stories like Steve Jobs or Bill Gates who like might have not even completed college and they're just like I have an idea like Elizabeth Holmes <laughs> I have an idea and they just do it but I like that you were in the workforce and tell me if I'm right or wrong you were doing fun stuff and you were good at your job and then you realized like I could do this for myself um the, for sure there was a there was a I, I, first of all, for our generation, people don't have one, I, most don't have like one job for the rest of your lives. Yeah. We'll, we'll be flipping, flopping and going to seeking out whatever calls to us, whatever fills us, you know, with joy, interest, passion, excitement, you know, et cetera. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the founders of dating apps. What is, what's the deal? What's your story of your love life going into before you started the app? First of all, I would say... I'm a hopeless romantic. Okay. I believe in like happily ever after a dreamy status, what my friends call big love. Mm. And that's what I, you know, that's what I. What is big love? Well, it's what is big love to you is the question. But what big love is that, that real, real, mm -hmm. you know, that big, big mm -hmm. love. Do your parents um, have it? Uh, my parents actually separated three years ago. Wow. Yeah. New, new in life, new experience. It's funny. I have a lot of friends who are like 30 and their parents are separating. Yeah. Interesting. Like it's like they're they have empty nest and then maybe i mean they've gone through so much they've 
dated together, they've been together, they've had children together, they've watched the children grow, they succeeded and these healthy children and then they're alone and then it's like maybe they're different people at that mm. point. They've gone through so much shit. Are you familiar with Esther Perel? No. Esther Perel is this fascinating author, thinker, um, I guess relationship uh, psychologist that um, that has a podcast and has a couple of books and she said something, I saw it in you know this conference in LA you know, right after um, my parents like just started sort of, or told me that they were splitting up and it was like, I was just processing at that time. And mm -hmm. she was giving this talk and she's like pretty, pretty profound on the subject at least like deeply learned and thoughtful. And she said, you know, back in the day, our grandparents generation, people would, you know, you know, get married or like grow up, get married, like have kids and like er, die. Mm -hmm. Um, and so life expectancy was shorter life, was, you know, it was, it was a lot sort of tighter. Nowadays, you know, people are living like two or three times longer, just significantly longer. And so basically people, the average person will have three adult relationships in their life mm -hmm. and they may or may not all be with the same person. Mm. And I was like, oof, truth, mm. right? Like if I think about who, first of all, who I am now versus back then versus back then, like I'm obviously I'm 27, person. me at 24 was right. So and so for sure, like my parents were together for 32 years and yeah. like who they were, I'm sure in their, you know, when they were our age versus mm -hmm. who they were in their 30s, 40s or 50s, 60s. It's like it, you're, you're different people. You evolve and sometimes, you know, you grow and deepen together, which I think is beautiful yeah. and what I believe in and, you know, seek. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's life takes you in, on your own path. Yeah. But. My parents and my grandparents met really young and my mom was like, it's the kind of love that you meet early and you kind of grow and become adults together, which is interesting. But then like I'm 27 and I'm not married. So I've already lived so many different lives with myself that maybe I'll, I'll definitely choose a different significant other than I would have chose if I had to get married at 22 to can 24. I, can I share some fascinating language with you around that 100%, specific concept? 100%. So ironically, also Esther Perel uh -huh. um, has this theory or this, you know, her, I learned from her this idea of um, cornerstone versus capstone relationships. Mm -hmm. And the thought process is our parents and grandparents generations got married much younger and so when you're 21, first of all, I think scientifically, like your brain your brain's is still not fully developing, formed. right? And, but like, other than that, obviously there's like a lot of you to still, you know, learn and grow and live into. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, you're still figuring it out. Um, and so when people get married at that stage of sort of, you know, amorphous, still self, you know, growing into themselves, and then they basically, it's called the cornerstone relationship because both at that state create like a foundation of like, like, they build on top of the, themselves of who they are now together. Mm. Um, and now most of our generation is getting married much later. And we like exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. Like we, we've done our things, we know who we are and what we like and what we want and this and that, and what we don't want and what we don't like. Blah, 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 blah. And mm -hmm. then we're trying to find someone who fits that, <laughs> whom we fit their list of all of those things. And that's mm -hmm. this idea of like a capstone relationship. Um, which, well, they're yeah. saying millennials are getting divorced less but that can also be based on a lot of different factors. Like we're getting married later, so less of us are married, which means fewer millennials are getting divorced because we're not even married. Um, but there's also the idea of lists of, of you saying like, I've, let's say I've, I have been in like five or six serious relationships in my life. I'm 27, six, maybe five. But I've learned like, okay, this kind of personality is bad for me. Staying away from Scorpios. Just kidding. That was a joke. Um, Do you but use co-star? Co co of course yeah, I use co-star. What's your sign? Uh, Gemini. Oh, we get along. I'm a Leo. Or, I mean, we'll go into rising and moon later. But I've learned certain personalities 
I've chosen for a certain reason and it's like not a good pattern for me. I've learned what are good patterns. What is your theory on finding the right person when you're older? Oof. And I you've, mean, I, you've I have learned a lot about yourself. Of thoughts on this are you one. single? I have a lot of thoughts on this one. Let me answer your question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like, let, my, let me get my, into this. My theory is basically that right now, with the advancement of you know modern dating technology and apps, and you know where we're at today, we're living in a, a, especially, for example, in New York City, but mm -hmm. you know universally, but you know specifically in like dense metro metropolitan areas, we're living in a complex, confusing, crazy time for someone who's dating and interested in finding someone mm -hmm. um, for a variety of reasons. First, um, societal, like you know, social narratives and stories and conditioning of like. If you're into someone, you're not supposed to show up as that into them. In fact, you should like tone it down just in case, like don't text back or text back right away or <laughs> double the time, whatever the fuck. <laughs> but all of these narratives that tell you if someone's really into you, if someone, if some dude shows up in his suit or, or, or lady shows up and is super into you, that um, like, uh, like what's wrong with them that they're so available and interested and excited, you know, to, about me mm -hmm. and or like that if you're excited about them that you, you should like tone that shit down mm -hmm. just to like, you know, play it cool, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. All of these mechanisms to either like game the like mechanics to like get the whatever your intended outcome is or to protect yourself. I think more of it is yeah. actually about like protection. Yep. And yep. so people are showing up to these dates that, by the way, they're going on average like one or two or three times a week with different people. Exhausting. So first of all, you're having like these similar conversations, like the experience for many people. It's funny. We just commissioned this big study um, at JSOP. It's called the, Jew the Jew what is it? Jewish Love Study or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and we basically asked like, uh, we, I, I, I'm really fascinated about this topic, obviously. And so I, I created three different categories of, of questions to sort of inquire into uh, the state of um, love, the state of dating, the state of Jewish, mm -hmm. and then the state of Jewish dating and mm -hmm. asking about all sorts of different, you know, areas I'm loving that you're about to spit that people facts. might not, you know, talk about otherwise. First of all, we live in an age where whatever you're seeking is cool, whatever mm -hmm. it is. If it's casual, cool. If it's mm -hmm. not cool, whatever it is, YOLO, just be fully, be fully expressed. Yeah. Because oftentimes people are showing Own it. up, Own it. showing up either presenting who they think that the person across the table wants them to be or would like. And First like, dates are all presenting. Like uh. first dates, I could never accurately tell if I like a person or not because the red flags are in their pocket. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I'm presenting. So like I'm not authentically giving my full authentic energy for them to authentically connect to. First dates are just like, would I fuck this person and can I tolerate them? That's like in my head. True. I've made so many bad decisions, but I want to hear about these studies. But we studied a lot of different areas and mm -hmm. the main theories are, are or, or, or the data is showing that People are confused. People are unsatisfied with their current dating experience. Mind mm -hmm. you, also, we are in a newer era of, let's call it, single empowerment. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, it was like, oh, shit, like, you're like who are you dating? Oh, you're not dating? Oh, like, like you want to date? Like, that, this expectation of that. But now it's like, people are good. People are living. Not, you know, this is... Oh, an era where it's 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 normalized and acceptable to be like be doing and loving you, you yeah, know, yeah. and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think millennials too, because a lot of us suffer from anxiety or depression. Like this is my first year that I think I truly fell in love with myself, and I've never. Thank you. Ooh. And I actually feel like the least 
motivation to meet someone i mean so then fucking dance in that you know so and i've been dancing in it but then you'll have like people there like why aren't you dating anyone and i'm like don't worry about me yeah true. don't worry about me and people say of course that like you always find that person when like you're least looking for them you know mm. yeah people say that and i have my friend her name's Paige. she's on summer house with me what's up Paige? what's up Paige? What's up, Paige? Desorbo. so she has this like really intricate list of like i need a guy who sleeps with the window a little bit open and like he likes pancakes but he always orders it with bacon like she has this whole Yo. list Oh. I think it's so funny. Does she publish that shit? Because like yeah, we should share does. that, and yeah. we should find Paige her homie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. <laughs> she's actually doing well. She she's kind of seeing someone right now. But I have like I have no list. I'm all about because I've done the list and I found a guy who nailed everything on my list and he fucked me up real bad. So I'm now f- a fully like energy type person. Energy and I, runs the world. And I ultimately this is what I always say, and people have heard me say it before. I believe that. I used to be a perfectionist and a performative person. Like if I do the right thing, I'll get the right guy. Like it's a game. But recently I'm just like, if you, if you're meant to be with that person, you can't fuck it up. Like if I text you right after the date and it's meant to be, I'm not going to fuck it up. But it's so funny. The whole texting back thing Like recently, this one guy, I thought he was handsome. I was like texting him with some motivation to meet up with him. And it just like wasn't happening. And like months later, he meet someone who knows me and we like we're working in some work capacity together and we meet up and he texts me afterwards and he was like hey do we vibe or was that just me and i was like yeah we did kind of and he's like i'm really upset i didn't like talk to you more in the beginning and in my head i'm like so like am i hotter than i was three months ago like what's going on but then he opened up to me and he's like i was actually talking to someone at that time but what's funny is now I'm talking to someone. Word. So he's trying to hit me up and he's like, why are you so bad at texting? Why aren't you texting me back? And I'm like, because I don't care to text you right now. Yeah. It's just funny. But how- let's talk about that for a second because this is actually over the last month or two. I'm, I'm planning on doing some writing and coming out with some thoughts on this because I thought, yeah. well, I've thought specifically about with me right now. communication etiquette right now yeah. because I think that there's a, I think, first of all, I think there's an epidemic yeah. I, of disrespect. Let's talk about it. Of okay. disrespect. Okay. And it's just sad. It makes me sad. I've experienced it. When I experience it, I am sad hearing about it of others and knowing that it's just literally happening like I think epidemic level status everywhere and here's the thoughts yeah the first is that knowledge and data is so much more powerful um like applicable actionable and I just think respectful than zero communication you guys just heard that that was a ghost then nothing right so like let's say you went on a date with someone and let's say you weren't feeling it and then they text you and say, because it is common etiquette or one should, if they like, if they were feeling it too, obviously lean mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And like, and the response is either like, A, loosely hopeful because you kind of want to soften the letdown mm-hmm. or like, it's like vague, like you're letting that person live. You are holding a tiny bit or more than that of space in their mind, hearts and like lives. Yeah. yeah. And it's so much more like powerful to free them by just sharing your truth, so whatever you that is. So you are anti-ghosting. For sure anti-ghosting. It's funny because when I was younger, I've, I'm a monogamous dater as in I just go from like relationship to relationship to relationship. Um, that's my own issues. But there was a time where like I went on this date with this guy and he was cute. He was a firefighter. He, we, I had no sexual attraction to him. And I love to talk. Talking is my joy. I love good conversations. If I'm going to be on a date with a guy and I'm not into him, I'm not going to sit there. I want to at least learn about his life and how his mind works. It's still fascinating to me, but I don't want to fuck you. And he texted me afterwards and I didn't respond. So I had this theory in my head that was like, 
if it's just been one date and I don't respond to you, that's me telling you to know. Yeah. But if it's been like, if I've taken two, three, four, like time out of your life, then I owe you something. But then he responded to me with like, you know, he texted me again and I didn't respond. He texted me again, I didn't respond. And, and then he texted me this whole paragraph and he was just like, how, he's basically like, fuck you. How would you feel if I did this to you? But part of me was kind of like, so here, here are my what thoughts. Do you th- what do you think? Here are my thoughts. On the first, so I'm a, uh, I identify first and foremost as a human, then as a universalist. Yeah. Then, you know, we'll get that in later. But so as a universalist, like, I believe that your truth is fully true to you mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're right. And I believe that his truth is fully true to him yes. and he is hurt as fucking yes. sad and fucking f- mad. Yeah. But it's like, is and, he and, mad that I didn't respond? And, and, and so here, this is what I'm actually most excited about and interested in, in the moment yeah. is that the, what I believe is causing a lot of hurt yep. is the fact that there are no established norms around these topics. It's like, oh, is yeah. it okay or is it not okay to ghost? Because the truth is, sure it is. One day you didn't, weren't feeling it, like, dude, you get the fucking hint, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the flip side, like, he's maybe not excited about most people and then finally he's excited about someone and then he's really excited and then he had, thinks he had a good time because he's excited. Yeah, and but like, communication's and so that interesting. Comes, and so just being communicated and expressed, like, now, I don't have a right or wrong, but I think that what's important is that there becomes norms. Yes. Because I've had some really like saddening like oh like gut-wrenching fucking see no response experiences where it's like wait we literally had plans like we literally had like confirmed like verbal integrity like see you here and like invited my friends to this shabbat dinner and then didn't show up and then never heard from again and then multiple times see no response and then I heard something on NPR, which was like millennial employees ghosting their employers. And I was like, wow, well, I'm really like over this, obviously. But like, I feel like Bush needs to know. So shared that is with her. And mm-hmm. so it's like, but seen no response. And it's just like, yeah, I get it. Because my friend. And we're also to- all addicted to our phones. Like we saw it. There's no, it's not like you put Truth, something in the mail sure. and it g- disappeared. And so, I don't know. My friend once said something when I was talking about ghosting with them. And like, is it okay? Is it not okay? When is it okay? Mm-hmm. Ghosting is, a re- is the... Uh, like output of an awkward or uncomfortable conversation that someone wants to avoid. Yep. And then as a result, just avoids by not having it. Yep. It's so and much easier. And it doesn't put good energy into the world. I want to play the seven deadly sins with you. Let's go. Seven deadly sins. The first question is what are you greedy about? Mm. So I'm going to try to practice what we've been talking about, right? This mm-hmm. whole conversation, mm-hmm. like truth, integrity, free yes. flow, free form. I want you to feel a little vulnerable. Um, the the first thing that came up for me, if I'm being honest, is um, is gratification, mm. right? Like this idea, like I, you know, um, this last weekend in Morocco after the wedding in you know Marrakesh at night at three in the morning, we were all out at this like mountain range, like cliff within. It was cold as fuck. And um, uh, my buddy went and grabbed a couple, like we had like a bunch of mattresses, blankets, and there was like maybe 10 or 15 minutes out there. And like he got like, a bunch of towels because the pool was close by and like threw them to each of us for towels. And like I'm cold as fuck in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Which I presume then means everyone's cold as fuck in mm-hmm. the moment. And then it's like, I want that towel because I'm fucking cold. Yeah. And so I feel like it, that that is definitely at least like an, uh, an edge right now of a dance between like, I'm cold, but like share the warmth because that universalism. Mm-hmm. And, so that's a, a, and and as a, a founder of a company, I think your want for gratification is what like makes you want to succeed and 
conquer goals, but sometimes it's having that peace within you to understand that it's, it doesn't have to be immediate and it doesn't have to be like a selfish thing. And we're living, you called it out earlier, but in the world of, um, of instant gratification. So the immediate versus sort of long-term. I can swipe and meet my, my Proof. soulmate. Proof. Who are you envious of? Mm. I love asking you these questions. Those who are fully, fully free of, you know, self-judgment, um, expectation and, you know, the nomads, mm-hmm. sort of the, the, not even the digital nomads, although I, you know, sick and my dream yeah. in life right now is van life. You yeah. Know? Um, but like. <laughs> Hashtag the people ban, who hashtag are just blessed. fully, fully free. Yeah. But do you feel like that might not be in alignment for you where you like get too much of a high of creating things instead of being so fully So my current out? dream is not just van life. That's the short term, you know, yeah. actualization of it, but it's basically creating a life around freedom and flexibility mm-hmm. where I am able to explore the world and be exactly where and ever and how, you know, I want to be and be creating and be actualizing my dreams yeah. because my biggest pet peeve was is you know potential versus actualized potential like just the idea of like oh an idea versus like action taking action so i i personally don't think i you know see myself just fully free flowing and frolicking through forests like without thinking about act like some type of thing that i want to bring forth and actualize but i believe my current dream is the experience of the you know the the intersection between both that's great i personally don't have a lot of like materialistic goals like some people are like i want to hit a million dollars before 30 or whatever i realized once i learned more about myself i was like i want to be able to afford a space for me and my cat where i can decorate it and make it feel peaceful to me and like a safe space for me to be like nap and go home to and like that was my ultimate goal and i recently this last month moved to queens with my cat in a uh, studio yeah. bless, but, bless, it's, bless, bless. but it's like sheffa, sheffa. it's thinking of these like like don't think materialistically think of like what is healthy Cosmically, for you universally what and, it, what fills you up yeah you exactly know, what, where before what? you think like it's a job or whatever but and for me i wanted freedom with my job i wanted flexibility so instead of being like i want to be on a tv show think I want flexibility to create whatever mm, I want when I want. Beautiful. And I think if you have those kinds of goals, then stuff naturally finds you instead of being like, I want to be on NBC. I want to be on E! News. Truth. That stuff, that's not how life, Free flow. that's not how like the universe can hear you. Truth. Ooh, I'm getting deep today. Get it. What are you gluttonous about? Mm. Do you do a lot of yoga? No, but I like the idea of it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I tried, I tried SLT for the oh, first yeah, time two weeks ago. Cool. My friend said he had an interesting theory, which is like, if you're going to work out, he Googled like most intense workout in New York city and two came up tone house and SLT. And he was like, if I'm going to work out for an hour, I might as well make it the most intense. Work an hour. So I was like, oh, honestly, mm, true. That's yeah, you putting it. a thousand into everything. Oh boy. But like I, I died. I did not know I had muscles in like strange random places. I'm like, like my upper side, like <laughs> what the fuck? Are you gluttonous at all with food? What, how, no. how do you eat? Um, healthily, but just naturally. Like I like yeah. things that I like. I, yeah. Also consistent. I mean, I, I, I only think the only thing I make is sushi. Uh-huh. I roll mean, you know, sushi That's roll. Sick. Typically veggie, but you know, I've been broadening my horizon uh-huh. with some raw. Ugh. <laughs> um, I'm trying to spliffs. <laughs> I don't know. Glenn is about oh, spliffs. So I, I like the, you know, I would say I explore. Yeah. But no, I mean like I like, I like chilling. I like sort of framing thought process through like different prisms or lenses. Yeah. And I find that like by either tapping into that to like chill the vulgar after mm-hmm. some intense like nonstop action or to like 
reframe a question or a challenge or a prompt and now think newly and differently. Yeah. I found it to be like very soothing. What's what's tough about being an entrepreneur, like right now I'm in a similar boat. I feel like the second I wake up to the second I close my eyes, I'm working to an extent, especially when you're in social media and stuff. How do you find those moments to like give your brain bliss and like I think it's a real it's it's maybe, you know, you know, blessing and luck of the, you know, outliers and DNA of mm-hmm you know, the upbringing that I had, but for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I'm very, very, you know, e- able to easily without thinking about it, just turn it off, like not wow. worry about it. It's not even a thought, thank God, thank God, thank God. I'm envy of you. I don't think, no, 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 no. I mean, they're both, it's all different, <laughs> different states. Like I remember I, I lived a few years ago with two of my best friends that I met on this Schusterman reality Israel trip, which mm-hmm. by the way, it was amazing. You should go on at some mm-hmm. point. There's a content creators one. It's dope. We and, have to talk. Yeah. And I was with like two friends and like they, one of them was this spoken word poet, Max, who's amazing. And one of them is Nina, who started this dope athleisure company. And like, she was like, the entrepreneur that I was like, she was like goals. Yeah. Morning, she has already like 7 a.m. Like I come down at 8.30 after a shower and she's already like run a mile over the bridge, back, like made her breakfast and like <laughs> banging out emails. And then like I get back at night after like having some drinks or hanging with friends and she's like next to this like little fireplace. She's just, like banging out emails. I was like, wow, yeah. we're motherfucking spec. That's like serious commitment. But is it healthy for her? Uh, it, it, she's, if she's, it's alignment. Like the idea of work-life balance sort yeah. of dissipates if it if you're fully aligned mm. then work is an expression of self and there's yeah. no need for well, that's the thing like i can all there's always something to do like you know when you're working for someone they'll give you a to-do list and you knock it out when you're an entrepreneur it's, it's like infinite. okay well that project's done we're doing there's never a moment where your yeah. checklist is so, over and i have to accept that and know how to prioritize be it. comfortable with what is the moment yeah. that is loving be, what is I, I realized recently i was like hannah your checklist is never going to be checked because I'm just keep trying and then things keep adding on yeah. and I'm like losing and I'm like, no, 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 this I, is the I journey. This really powerful, you know, again, about two or three years ago, life shift, you know, where in experience for me, which was one of my business partners who was always like, like, what's the next client? What's the next new business? Like, what are we pitching? Da, da, da. And so my one part of my role at that time was pitching new business and go out there exploring. But like, I always felt this sort of need to get the next thing energy oh, yeah. and it was pulling me and out of the presence and into the future. The and it's thing. like, versus I, one day I just realized like I had this like frantic energy that wasn't even mine. It was like I was, I guess, holding on to it from like him yeah. in, in our meetings. And then when I was like, wait a second, you know, I love the right now. I love my friends. I love my experience. I love my home. I love my people. I love like my life right now. And yeah. so like why am I letting external energy, other people's expectations, energy, you know, Again, n- whatever impact my sphere of like vibe. You know you're going to get in traffic during that meeting and you can decide if you want to latch on to his energy Truth. or keep your own. Truth. When was the last time you experienced extreme wrath? It's interesting because like anger is not something that I feel regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in men's group and some, you know, conversations around that, like is the question is like, like is that healthy? Because there's, one should be able to have a capacity to feel like the full spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And so is it just me Diver- my life coach, for example, calls it, uh, she calls me a silver lining holic, right? Because like, I'll just find that I use, and I used to call it possibly an abundance, which uh-huh. was like, oh shit, that just happened. Like I lost my laptop, like where someone stole it or I dropped a coffee on it. Like, yeah. like either again, trigger point. That's why I was, like either bummed or Sheffa abundance, like bummer, but thank God for the cloud. Like on to the next one. Now we get the new, new, whatever, you know what I mean? Like blessing, 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 that blessing, new, blessing, new. blessing, 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 blessing. So, but like, so in these other moments where like, I feel other, oftentimes people are, are triggered into anger. I haven't, I, I've learned to not process it like that. And 
um, growing up when I was younger, I disagreed with my dad about mostly everything. And so we would get into all these arguments and I learned language for, you know, something that I experienced there, which was what I call fire anger or ice anger, which is my dad in these arguments when I would do my own thing or not want to, you know, do this or that, like my dad would like, he would, he was fire anger. Like you would feel it. He would be angry. And on the flip side, um, you know, I felt like what I, the way that I experienced it more like ice, like Mm -hmm. if like I'm angry, like Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to bother expressing that's energetic output that like I don't even need because I'm fucking over it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so I know I feel like the question anger, the prize is interesting to process for me. When was the last time I experienced wrath? Oof. Um, I know I got mugged by Chinese gangsters in Shanghai, but I found it to be a fascinating cultural moment. Probably a great story right? Like it was I wasn't experiencing anger then. Like I haven't really gotten a fight. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. That's okay. Yeah. Blessings, blessings, blessings. We're, we're getting shove, through with shove, our shove blessings. Up. Um, when was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? Mm, probably regularly. Oh, <laughs> so you're, you let your ego get a little? I, I think about it as maybe perfectionism okay. and over thoughtfulism where like yeah. I want everything that is connected to me or an expression of self to be like perfect Yeah. for me and for the world and for like my, like filling my purpose and all these things. So like, I don't know if it would be like pride or ego, but like I think anything, any output is a, is a you know, is, is an expression of who you are, who, who you want to share you are with the world. And so I think it's all interconnected. When was the last time you lusted over someone? Oh, regularly. You do? For sure. I fall in love every day. <laughs> every day. I love that I love about people, you. I love love. I love, you know, beauty. I love, I love the world. And You're I, making me smile. Both with trees, by the way, and with, you know, people. It's like with everything. With, with what was universalism. The, what was the, and bok choy. Well, I was bok choy, so that might be some weird. Although true, I mean, I could see myself loving another bok choy. Pretty lovable, right? When you look at them, they're these adorable. They're they're like, and they have nice curves. (laughs) So to wrap this up, I ask a final question: What advice do you have for people to cope with their hell? Um, Without fully, you know, thinking it through, the first would be just to um, um, know that you are not your feelings, you are not your emotions, you are the living consciousness embodied in your body that is feeling them. So if you're frustrated about this or that, that does not mean that that is your you know definitive truth. It means that that is a thought going through your head based on this wild and crazy machine that's either cosmic or science or both dust you know on stars that has you feeling those things. But you are consciousness, and it's a blessing to be alive. The ability to feel those feelings is 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 a blessing. So first, realizing the blessing of consciousness mm-hmm. in life. First mm-hmm. step one, or for, you know. Um, and then I fully believe in everyone's fundamental ability to create and manifest their dreams. Um, truly, uh, f- we only must first realize and understand and know that ability in ourselves, have an idea or some form of clarity or glimpse on what it is we want to create or actualize, and then take action. Yeah, It's a, a simple formula, and I believe fully true. Um, and to, to be, you know, courageous, uh, vulnerable and, you know, lean into it. Trust fall with the universe. So beautiful and so true. I hope you guys were writing that shit down. Blessing, 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 blessing. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Sheva, sheva, sheva. David Yaris. At David Yaris on Instagram. I'm happy to, that's my preferred method of yes. communication, uh, as they say in French. So at David Yaris, Y-A-R-U-S. If anyone has a thought, if anyone wants to try J-Soy Premium, I'm happy to hook it up, oh. like whatever it is. Like, let's find you that love. Yeah. If you want to talk about the modern dating experience, I'm fascinated by that. So I would love any theories or concepts or words or phrases. I don't know the new, new, new phrases, you know? Mm-hmm. I forgot I just learned a new, new phrase that's like apparently out right now. And I'm like, what is it? 
forgot it though. Yeah, he needs a new hashtag. Like so. Anyways, it was a blessing being here. It's so nice it meeting you. It was so, so nice much fun. meeting you. Thank you, Raya. Um, and um, and I'll, I'll see you soon. Yeah, I'll see you soon. And for my listeners, if you're enjoying Burning in Hell, subscribe, rate, review. I have a new Facebook group, Burning in Hell Little Devils. So if you're my little devil, please sign on and tell me your seven deadly sins. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.